The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, Bully Ray and I get into the Royal Rumble from this past Saturday. 2022 Royal Rumble, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, the good, the bad, the ugly. We get into it when it comes to the Royal Rumble. And also, speaking of the Rumble, the guy who had his first ever Royal Rumble on play-by-play, our very own Jimmy Smith, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. How great was it to have 44,000 fans at the Rumble? This past Saturday, last year, we were watching a Royal Rumble with zero fans and LED screens. How great was it to sit back, watch that Rumble on Saturday with 44,000 fans in attendance? I mean, it sounds like you're still not um, like maybe over it. I don't know if that's the right word, but listen, the the Rumble had 45,000 people. Both uh, championship games yesterday for the NFL were sold out. People are are back. They're watching live events. They're in small venues. They're in 20,000-seat arenas. They're in stadiums. It was great to, to see people there. I'm not shocked to see people there. People are ready to get out there and enjoy their lives and um, act as responsible adults and do what they have to do to ensure their safety. You know, Bully, what it reminds me of, though, is like my grandparents. My grandmother always had the cupboards full with canned foods and everything because of what she went through as a child. I guess with me and what we just went through, I always have that just to appreciate and enjoy the moments. And I think, and and, and that's a good thing because you should, because no matter who won the rumble and who's going to be in the main event at WrestleMania, the fact that we can go out, celebrate together, uh, 44,000 fans, almost 45,000 fans in St. Louis to me, it's just a gift and it's a joy and it's great to be able to watch live pro wrestling and get those reactions because it's not the same. You need to, how great is it as the count, you know, the clock is counting down, everybody's standing up and looking towards that entrance ramp. But there were times where the action in the ring was so good that people actually forgot to stand up and start counting and looking at the entrance ramp. I think, uh, I think some very uh, memorable moments on Saturday night at the Rumble Bully. 
I did feel a little bad for the fans who were very, very much into this entire event. Maybe a couple of lulls here and there. But I kind of felt bad for them in during the Men's Royal Rumble because, like you said, fans, uh, th- th- this was the last match of the show. This was the main event. People up for every countdown. And I don't think they got any of the, ex- of the su- surprises that they were hoping for or maybe looking forward to. And I'm sure we're going to get into the men's rumble versus the women's rumble because I put out a tweet asking uh, fans just which was your favorite match. And it seems like um, although the women's rumble wasn't their favorite match, the women's rumble was their favorite of both rumble matches. I agree. And I I totally agree with that. Uh, I don't think it was the best match on the show. I think they started off with the best match on the show. Uh, but I did prefer the women's rumble over the men's Royal rumble bully. And, and I think, and in a lot of ways, because it was predictable because maybe you thought differently maybe the fans did too. And that's why we're going to open up the phone lines a lot today. When I looked who was in the ring at the end of that men's Royal rumble, I remember saying out loud to Violetta, like, I don't know who's going to win this rumble. Like there was nobody in the ring at that moment that really excited me for a main event at WrestleMania. And I was like, I almost knew that Brock Lesnar was going to come down that entrance ramp at 30. And this is why I thought they should have had at least one great surprise that you thought was going to steal it. Um, I'm, just for lack of a better example, let's say Goldberg would have entered at 20 and started cleaning house. I'm only using Goldberg as an example. Yep. And he starts cleaning house where you think, oh boy, Bill is back. He's going to win this rumble and go on to face, you know, either Bobby Lashley or Roman Reigns or, you know, whatever, whoever the choice would have been. And then all of a sudden at 30, now you get Brock. Because when Brock came into this rumble at 30, based on the guys that were in the ring, it was a foregone conclusion. You knew Brock was winning. You know, Drew wasn't going to eliminate Brock again. That was a that was a, a once in a lifetime moment that yeah. Brock built for Drew for the eventual payoff at WrestleMania. So you weren't getting that again. So I would have liked to have seen a returning superstar that would have set the table for Brock entering at number 30. I also wished, and I know they kind of did it, but they didn't really do it. When it came down to Brock and Drew, I wish they would have painted the same picture that they painted in the Rumble two years ago. I wish we would have seen Brock backed up against the ropes with Drew measuring him for the Claymore and and the announcers saying, this is it. This is how he beat him two years ago. Here comes the Claymore. Brock slips underneath. Bang, F5s him out of the ring. I wish they would have put that exact scenario again, uh, together again. They they kind of did it, but it was in the middle. And it, it wasn't enough of a callback for, I think, everybody to understand what they did. Agreed. They did the little face to face and they did, you know, and, and they did a little bit of a callback, but, but like you said, bully, if you would have went all the way, it would have added to a lot more drama. I think a lot of people just saw Brock and they're like, okay, now we know who's going to win the Royal Rumble. You could probably say that about the women's Royal Rumble too. I think once you saw Rhonda, all right, you know that Rhonda was going to win that Rumble. 
and and I think Pat, especially with Pat McAfee, I believe it was Pat and Cole on the on the Men's Rumble, yes. correct? Yes. I could just hear Pat McAfee screaming at the top of his lungs. History is about to repeat itself if they would have set up that final Claymore the way they did two years ago. But I, I hope everybody understands my point of there should have been a returning star, mega star that you thought was going to win the Rumble, in which case you wouldn't have been like, oh, OK, it's Brock. He's going to win. Yeah, and Bully, we're going to break down each match because I think each match that we saw on Saturday has a story attached to it, whether it was good, bad, or great. Uh, but one thing that everybody's talking about, and I, I guess, Bully, it's been a thread. Bully, it's probably been a thread on this show since I started this show in 2009, believe it or not, 13 years ago. I, I really do feel like the WWE has really kind of painted themselves in a corner and they haven't done a phenomenal job building new stars because there's really just a handful of guys that you can think of when you look at the top of the card in the WWE. And I think both those rumble matches are probably an example of that. Maybe not so much on the women's side, but definitely on the men's side. Building new stars has been a problem in the WWE way before 2009 when you started busted open that's been a problem uh going on for for much longer they have their top tier talent <clears throat> and then the drop off to the second tier is quite severe it's so severe that if anything happens to the top talent you're not believing in that second tier talent you're not believing in those guys who who are on the bench great um baseball teams still have great players on the bench who can come in at any moment and give you as much of a chance to win as your starting nine. With the WWE, it's not like that. When I see guys like, I guess, uh, a Rick Boogs or guys like that in the Rumble, I know that they have zero yep. chance because the way they have been built on TV lends me to believe that they have zero chance. There's no emotional investment. And I always go back to <clears throat> Attitude Era WWE, where the running, I guess, joke amongst the boys and fans was even Kai and Ty had a story. And <laughs> Kai and Ty was very much at the bottom yep. of the, you know, of the card. But even those guys, Funaki and the boys, had a story. Thus, they had emotional investment. And if you don't believe me, <clears throat> Go back and watch Triple H versus, I believe it's uh, Takamichinoku from like 2002, 2003. And tell me if you didn't think Takamichinoku had a chance of winning that match. Why? Because there was emotional investment. People cared about Taka. Unfortunately, there's too much talent in, in all of wrestling these days. It's not just unique to the WWE. There's too much talent in all of wrestling that people just don't give a damn about. Hey everyone, Lindsay Rhodes here. And if you love football, you're going to love my podcast, The NFL Roadshow. With episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we cover every NFL angle and talk to guests from across the NFL world, Hall of Famers, analytics nerds, and I say that lovingly as someone who wants to be an analytics nerd very badly, fantasy football experts, all of it. They're discussions you're not going to find anywhere else. So please, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. We bring in our very own, you can hear him right here on SiriusXM Fight Nation on Unlocking the Cage, where he does a phenomenal job of breaking down MMA each and every day, Tuesday through Friday. And of course, on Monday nights, we get to hear him do an amazing job with play-by-play on Monday Night Raw, the one and only Jimmy Smith. All right, let's get into what we saw Saturday night. First of all, uh, congratulations. That was your, you you know, to, to, to be, you know, to do the Royal Rumble. I mean, what what an amazing trip. What an amazing journey that you've been on. And listen, I, I don't know how much you listen to Busted Open, but Bully and I talk about you a lot. And we ta- early on, we said, man, what are we going to learn from Jimmy Smith? He's not a wrestling guy. But I think Bully and Bully, I know you all agree because we talk about it all the time. You have done a great job of, first of all, you're a great play-by-play announcer. And I think even now more than ever, your MMA background, which you actually used on Saturday when talking about some of what we saw in the ring, but also you do an amazing job of be of knowing the role and what you do, passing it off to Corey Graves, passing it off to Byron, because those guys are the guys that are in the know. You are you are the rock. You are the foundation of the broadcast. And honestly, Jimmy, I think you've been doing a fantastic job. I really appreciate that. I mean, hundred percent the feedback from the fans and everybody in the WD has been like shockingly amazing. I was ready to really get, get shit on, but I didn't. Uh, but also it, when I was doing color, I, 
a, a, a play-by-play guy who thinks he's color is the worst thing ever. It's like, oh, really? You know, I'm sitting there, you know, 20 years at MMA, and I'm like, no, you tell me how to defend the hill. Yeah, right. Like, I, I hated that. When, when there's a play-by-play that has to show off his knowledge, and I know this, and I know that, I don't do that. I, I don't. I, I let Corey do that. You know, I let Byron do that. I let them do their, their, their you know, be who they are. And, and I let, you know, uh, Corey, you know, is constantly crapping on me. It works out great. Everybody's always crapping on Byron. I kind of manage the traffic and stay out of the way and let them be experts, man. That's, that's literally how I see it. Jimmy, as a wrestler, it's very important to know your strengths and your weaknesses. I know that I don't do a good 450 splash. Thus, I don't do a 450 splash. Uh, One of the things that stuck out to me, and I said it last Tuesday on the show, I'm watching Raw, and they, they, you know, they random spot on the show you know you guys are you know on camera and you and you said something you got in you got off you got out and then you pitched over and I remember coming on the show with Dave and I was like Dave it's amazing how good of a job that Jimmy is doing because he knows what he's good at and he knows what he's not good at and I went as far to say and this is no disrespect to Adnan or anything I was like how was it even a a choice to go with Adnan over Jimmy. You don't have to answer that because I already I already know what the answer is, but I really do think you're doing a fantastic job. And if you know anything about me, I don't blow smoke up people's ass for no reason. You get the credit where credit's due. So uh, the other night at the Rumble, you had the best seat in the house. Was there a moment in time that truly stuck out to you? This is your first Rumble, 45,000 people there. Was there a moment you were like, wow, this is a big deal happening in front of me right now? Before we got to our desk, which was, by the way, destroyed, uh, which was the first time we've ever done that, where we didn't have a desk, like they couldn't set it up in time. We're standing there, um, not couldn't see graphics, couldn't see anything because the, the, the monitors were out. I'm sitting there with Corey, and I'm looking around at 44,390 people, and I, I literally turn to Corey, and I go, do you ever get used to this? And he goes, no, no. I go, do you, it was just a sea of humanity. And it was the same thing I thought when we went to um, uh, Allegiant uh, Arena in, in Vegas, where you go, I, I've been in some big fights. I've done some great things. I have never seen a massive humanity like this. Before I did my first, before we even there, it was, it, they were doing uh, Roman Reigns and, and Seth Rollins. And I looked around and went, gee, Corey, is this normal? And he goes, Jimmy, it's, it's never normal doing the, the big show, the Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam. So it was kind of like big before I even went out there. That was the moment I had to like breathe in for a sec. It was awesome. And also too, you haven't even got to WrestleMania yet. Like when you get to that WrestleMania where you're going to have two nights of possibly a hundred thousand fans in attendance. I would like, all right. So, so kind of go through it. Please. Um, you know, you're, you say that to Corey and you're like, wow, do you ever get used to this? So you're, you're a little overcome by the amount of people. How quick do you just like bounce back into Jimmy Smith mode? Like, the, like, does that happen like right away where it's like headset? Not, uh, yeah. Okay. Headset, headset dude. You, we're all in the same business. You and I are all in the same business. I do serious XM headset on monitor. Whoop. There could be literally a fire going on and I would have no idea. I have no clue. It's really, you know, same thing with SiriusXM. Headset, lock the door, monitor, and, uh, and I'm on. That, same thing. And, and so crowd reactions a lot and all this stuff and everything's going on. They're wiring us. As soon as that headset goes on, I sit down. And I always say, Jimmy on headset. So they know I'm there. They can talk to me. Then I'm in work mode. Then it's nothing out there matters. That's when the switch kind of turns on. 
Jimmy, we're all watching the same show, whether it's Monday Night Raw or Royal Rumble. We know what works. We know what doesn't work sometimes. You being from the world of MMA, legitimate combat sport, so to speak, how do you get through moments when watching Raw or a pay-per-view that you know just don't sit right with you? What frame of mind do you need to put yourself into? Educate me. Why is this not working? Why, like, so really, one of the big differences between, you know, legitimate combat sports and, and, and the WWE sports entertainment is, Crowd interaction is such a, I, you know, I've seen great fights where there was no crowd, the Apex Center, whatever. Like, it, it, the crowd is a factor, I guess, but it's all about the, the people fighting. There is no real barrier between how the crowd reacts and how the performers react in the WWE. It's all kind of seems together. So when there's a lull or a down or something like that, and it's affecting how we're perceiving the match, which it does, that's when I go, that's when I'm, I'm, I'm almost like, Okay, you know what does so and so need to do? What 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 does this person need to do? What is educate me about why this isn't working in a, in a subtle kind of way? That's how I see it. You know what I mean? Don't run for it. Yo, man, is is you know does someone need to be more aggressive? This this and that. I'll ask these kinds of questions while I'm on air. That's what I do. You know, that's how bully, I always deal with things. But bully, that's a great question because I was actually thinking that as well because you know one of the names that I threw out there. Um, when we were talking about Jimmy Smith is I kind of compared him to Pat Summerall. Like Pat Summerall did an amazing job of playing off of John Madden like Jimmy does with Corey and, and, and Byron. But like if there's a blowout game, you know, hey, this is still, we still have to entertain the masses even though the score right now is 34 to nothing. So like Jimmy, in, in a lot of ways, if something's not working, hey, you know that people aren't into the match or something wonky happened. You kind of still have to be entertaining us to maybe even more so than way when, more. Yeah, go ahead. Way yeah. more because like like obviously one of the difference too from combat sports and sports entertainment is sport in in combat sports the fight's the fight and and and, and I, I can't I'm not part of that I'm I'm talking about it I'm not part of it with the WWE I am part of the show like every other part of the show so if two guys you know shit the bed in in a fight. That's not my problem. I, I can throw them both under the bus. Like, man, these guys didn't come to fight. That What I can do, you know, in, in WWE, I am part of the show like everybody else. There's a bit more responsibility, I feel, like you said, to make it entertaining or educate the fans in those lulls or, you know, Corey and, you know, Corey and I break each other's balls. Whatever it is during those lulls, I think it's, it's bigger in the WWE and sports entertainment than it was in, in MMA where I go, hey, that's them. This is me. That, that's not really my problem. Jimmy, other than your level of comfort on headsets, what's the biggest difference from day one with you being at the desk to the Royal Rumble? Oh God, I, <laughs> I can't believe I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the timing of everything. It's the way the WWE does things. It's my ability to read and react to to the the. the, the, the I was I was explaining to somebody. I said if if somebody paid you an obscene amount of money to call the Super Bowl. You might know what an educated fan knows about football, but what you do know is I know how long the periods are. I know how, you know, how long the timeout is. I know a holding call. I know, I know the structure of the sport. Sports entertainment has no structure. They, you know, like in MMA, there's a walk-in, they grease them, they do this, they do that. It's so, so. entrances are different. Sometimes they do what they call old school entrances where they, you know, they, they call them out ahead of time or, or when they're in the ring or it's different every single time. And my ability to understand that this is 
much closer to improv than it is calling a, a, a sporting event. Once I realized that in my head a few months ago, then things really started clicking. I said, Jimmy, there isn't going to be a structure you're going to be able to master here. It's reacting to what's going on. I've gotten better at that. That's all I could say about it. And speaking to reacting to what's going on, one of the things that me and Dave seem to be reacting to a lot lately is Becky Lynch. You've seen Becky. You get to talk about Becky. You get to call Becky stuff. From where you're sitting, the way Becky is being <clears throat> given to us, are you a Becky Lynch fan? Do you love her or do you hate her? I love her. I love her. I love her. It's it's so funny. And and we talk about, you know, this is something that 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 is is so funny to me. Like when was it? It was it was maybe a month ago. Um uh Roman Reigns came out. I forget where he was, and he said, Acknowledge me, and they did. Like the whole crowd <laughs> did, and Paul Heyman had to go like threw the crowd under the bus. Oh, that's not good enough. It's like, oops, we're getting hops, <laughs> we should be getting heat. And and it's just that that's what I mean about there's no layer between the crowd and what's going on in the ring. Like there's no difference. So it's so funny to, and it was same thing with Bobby Lashley. We were in Kansas city. I'll never forget. Um, you know, MVP says y'all need to acknowledge the almighty and the whole crowd stood up and he went, Oh, you guys from Kansas city, you only know second place. Boo. Everybody sat down, but it was like, Oh, we're getting the wrong kind of energy. You're not in charge of that, man. You're not. And the crowd will tell you who's, you know, not just who's popular, who's hot, but how they want to react is how they want to react. And there's nothing you can do about it. I'm a fan of Becky Lynch. When, uh, and, you know, everybody has their own perception. People who are sitting there in the, in the stadium, people who are watching at home, and you on, on commentary, who got the biggest reaction in your mind on Saturday night? Uh, he's a genius. I will say this a million times over the heat that Roman Reigns got, because I have the same questions you guys do about, will he be great? They love his work. They love his work. They love his that. So will he be cheered or will he be booed? Right. You, you never know what Roman Reigns, because the fans respect him so much, but he said to you, he got booed in the Seth Rollins match. Deafeningly booed, wow. deafeningly booed. And he played the crowd so well. He was like, he went after him and pounded his chest. They booed more. It was, brilliant the reaction he was not only able to get but elicit there's a difference you know some people get a reaction other people elicit a reaction he got one and then he poured gasoline on it and got more it, it, it was brilliant stuff the loudest reaction i heard was the 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 heel work of roman reigns it was absolutely brilliant when when he was going to get, going at seth rollins that place went ballistic roman reigns <clears throat> excuse me and paul Heyman got more mileage and heat out of Roman just looking at Paul and stretching out his hand than anybody got all night and got a bigger reaction than anybody got all night. And to me, that is the true art and magic of what we do. Now, I've been doing it for 30 years, Jimmy, so I get it. How, how does it resonate with you? You're seeing flips and dives and 450s and destroyers and this. And now all Roman does is look at Paul and stretch out his hand and has 45,000 people in the palm of it. How does it come across to you? It's, it's, it's effing genius. And the two people that, that are really great at it, in my opinion, two of the best, Roman Reigns and Randy Orton, just a shrug, just a little Randy Orton kind of like, 
dismissive thing. And he's Randy and gets this huge pop. It was a triple threat match. It was Roman Reigns, Big E. I forget who the third one. It was, it was a triple threat match a few months back. And it, we're in commercial. So, so, you know, I'm just sitting there watching. And the crowd is chanting tables, tables, tables. Because, you know, it's, it's no disqualification. Roman Reigns lifts the ring apron like he's going for a table. The crowd goes absolutely nuts. He drops the apron and shrugs at him. And then, like, I'm not even going to give you what you want, even though it's good for me. And the place booed and threw stuff. And I went, like you said, he lifted the apron and then dropped it and had the crowd hating him. And it, it, it's brilliant. And, and I was talking to Edge about just, you know, the psychology of all this stuff. And Edge told me, he said, people always show me their matches. Oh, what do you think of this match? What do you think? And what do you think of this move or this, this, that guy's coming up, right? And he says, it's not, it's not the moves. Do they care about the person doing the moves? And, and to me, that's everything. Yeah. That's what Ed told investment. me. And I, I don't forget it. Yeah. Dave, you ever hear that one before? Yeah, I definitely hear that almost on a daily basis. But bully, because it is about emotional investment and, and garnering that reaction. A move's not going to do it unless they care about the person that's actually making that move. All right. Um, Listen, you you live in the best of both worlds. You get to you get to call Monday Night Raw, and yet you get to do your show here on Sirius XM, unlocking the cage. Uh, what's that been like? I mean, how, how how do you love being able to to still kind of live in both worlds? Because here we are on Fight Nation, and, and we have wrestling and we have MMA. Sometimes those fan groups don't mix. So, what's it like for you to be able to do what you do on Monday nights and be able to do what you do the rest of the week? It's busy. <laughs> I, I, I work or travel six days a week. Um, so it, it's incredibly busy, but it's also, um, I'm, I'm just fortunate, man. It's, it's, it's really after 2018 when, when um, the UFC didn't renew my contract, 2019, I was basically unemployed all year. And then slowly things started coming back, first MMA and then the WWE and all this stuff. And so I'm just incredibly appreciative of – the ability to do those things. You know, the fact that I work for ESPN and Sirius XM and, and, and the WWE all together, I, I'm the only person who's ever worked for the UFC, Bellator, and, and WWE, ever. And, and that, that blows my mind every single day when I do it. So I'm really grateful I get to do it. I'm really grateful that I know as much as I do about it. I mean, I can do that on automatic. I don't need to, you know, I, I, I know all of it. And then to be struggling and learning and trying so hard to grow in the WWE, it's great because MMA, we can have any discussion about MMA over the last 30 years. And I'm, I'm right there with you. WWE, I'm still working so hard to learn everything. It's great because I'm not comfortable. It makes me work all the time to get better. And I like that. Jimmy, I'm sure you have an immense amount of respect for not only WWE wrestlers, but any wrestler across yeah. the world who, who does what we do. You can respect the athleticism, the grind, the travel, the, the mental, the stress that comes with being a WWE superstar. So respecting it is one thing. Do you like pro wrestling and sports entertainment any more than you did from day one uh, on Monday Night Raw? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean, has, what has made you more of a fan? A, a few things have made me more of a fan. The first time I got shocked, I think it was the first match. One of the first matches I ever did was, was um, Kofi Kingston, Drew McIntyre, and he went off the top rope. And I, once again, been in MMA for 20 years. I've seen a lot of push kicks. 
I know when a push kick lands. I know when it, what they call a front tee, which is essentially what the Claymore is. And he smashed Kofi Kingston right in the face. And his head went back about two feet. And Kofi went with it and then smiled and did his thing. And I went, wow, he just got rocked in the face. And can't do what an MMA guy would do, which is protect himself or, like, you know, move. He's got to keep going with whatever he's doing and finish the spot and go to the next thing. And I've seen guys go in the back and then start limping. And be like, hey, finish their match, whatever. Go in the back and go, okay, I got to pop that back in. Give me a second. And I'm like. The idea of you can't do what a mixed martial artist do, which is think of their own protection first. And as soon as that clicked for me, I was like, oh my, yeah, they're trying not to hurt one another. All those things are true. But I, as a mixed martial artist, am expected to protect myself. As a performer, I am not expected to protect myself. And that made me go, it was like a switch in my head, like, oh man, it's a totally different animal and the risk potential is so high. And, and, and that was a big, big moment for me. When, when you're learning how to do this art form, this craft from Jump Street, one of the first things you have to learn is how not to pro instinctually protect yourself so you can then subconsciously protect yourself in yeah. the match. And it's very hard to wrap your brain around and perfect it to the level you saw Drew and Kofi do it that night in front of you. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the way I explain it is, is there's always more people get hurt in MMA because they're trying to hurt one another, right, in a, in, a, in a fight than in a match. But the potential – I'm not jumping off a ladder onto another ladder where the potential for injury is so much higher. You know what I mean? It's so much – skydiving, most people don't get hurt skydiving. But when you do, it is horrible. And it's the same kind of thing with professional wrestling where, yeah, I've never been asked to jump 16 feet off the top of a, a cage before – in my MMA career, that doesn't happen. Now they're trying not to hurt one of the potential so much higher. That's the contrast of, of sports entertainment to me. And then, and then you may have to do it the next day as well. Yes, uh, four um, times a week, right? Yeah, which is crazy. All right, last question for me. And again, thanks for the time. You had a busy weekend, and you got a you got a busy night ahead of you for Monday Night Raw. Always. So I appreciate you talking to us on game day. Uh, but last question for me. When you look back 20 years from now, 25 years from now at this, you know, at this Royal Rumble, what's the one moment that's going to stick out for you more than any other? Wow. Um, I got to say, of course, the, 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 the end to me, well, stand out to me is the end of Bobby Brock, where you had Roman Reigns coming in, you had Paul Heyman coming in and then going out with Roman Reigns. That two minutes of interaction. So Roman Spears him, interferes in the match, and then Heyman hands him the belt. What, what is going on? Is he scared so he's handling the belt? Is he handing the belt because they're in it together? Hits, obviously, uh, Brock with the title, and then they walk out together. That two minutes of questions. Questions make thing, things interesting. That two minutes asked 50 questions that we'll get to answer over the next few weeks, and that, that'll stand out to me. J Jimmy, just real quick. <laughs> Your opinion on the way Brock Lesnar was manhandling Bobby Lashley the other night. Yeah. Those and, Germans, the, you, you don't get out of those Germans. No, no. And also it's like Bobby's 270 to 275. It's, it was insane, the athleticism of both of those guys. I was on the bump and, and, and what was it last week? And they gave an interview and, and they were asking me what's special about this match. I go, you don't understand unless you've been around athletes guys built like Bobby and Brock aren't usually great athletes. They're great bodybuilders. They, they can lift a lot. They don't move like these guys. 
So to watch him get that arc and what we call five point throw in wrestling over and over on Bobby Lashley, it's almost impossible to do. And I, I feel bad that most of our audience, they weren't wrestlers or anything, don't understand the, the difficulty in what they're seeing because they make it look so easy. Wow. I mean, eye-opening interview, Jimmy. Again, don't forget, Monday Night Raw tonight. You'll hear Jimmy on play-by-play for Monday Night Raw. Big Raw after the Rumble. And then you can hear him Tuesday through Friday right here on Sirius XM Fight Nation unlocking the cage. Jimmy, thanks so much for the time again. Thank you. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Mary Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.